Hello, everybody. Uh, this is the webinar about the role of a project manager. And I hope you can hear me. Yeah, I think we're live now. Uh, so I'll try to explain my, my point of view like about the project management role and uh, project management in general. And then I expect your questions because my, the idea was, was gonna be quite straightforward, so I expect your questions. You can ask them on the YouTube um, chat form. Um, so the traditional understanding of the, the project manager is a person who is uh, who's kind of a leader of, um, in a team. And uh, it's traditionally, it's a, it's a role, um, it's a person who is, um, who is considered to be uh, the, the main guy of a team who motivates everybody, who encourages everybody to work harder, who pushes things forward, who goes around the office trying to control things, trying to stay on top of things. Uh, and this is the project manager. This is how we traditionally see a project manager or a technical lead, not really technical lead, but a team lead or uh, sometimes scrum master, sometimes uh, you, can, you can call, uh, I don't know, the, the big boss, the big manager. The person who is responsible for everything. Uh, that's a very traditional understanding of that. I wrote a blog post about that that role, and uh, now I'll try to explain it from you know a bit a bit wider than the blog post. But you can read it there as well. So I believe that this this role is not about the project manager is not about pushing things forward. It's not about um, in, uh, con, you know staying on top of things and and being in charge and uh, pushing people forward in order to, to get results from them. I think that project management is more about thinking, more about uh, planning, more about organizing, and more about observing things instead of, instead of making changes. So uh, I'll give a simple example. Let's say we have a, a restaurant and we sell pizzas, and now we're trying to create a mobile app which is going to be, you know, which is going to help us to sell more pizzas online. So there are customers; they will order pizzas, and, and we're going to sell them online. Uh, it's a simple software project. So right now we have we have nothing, and in a few months we want to have the application which is which is on the Apple Store, and people use it, and they order our pizzas and we sell probably more products than we sell now. So this is what the project is. The project is uh, a vector from point A to point B in the world around us. So right now we have something where we have, you know, the, the reality in, this, in, in the position A, and then we're going to have the same, a different reality in the point B in, in some amount of time. We're going to spend some money. We're going to spend some efforts. We're going to spend. Uh, we're going to involve some some labor. We're going to resolve some problems, risks, whatever. So we'll do some. Uh, we will move this reality from A to B. And uh, this is what it's called. This is what a project is. This is, I would say, the definition of a project. It's a vector from point A to point B. The second thing which I want to explain is stakeholder. So the stakeholder is somebody who's going to be affected by by the project so when we're going to move from a to b we're going to affect somebody for example we're going to uh, affect uh, our customers so they will be able to buy pizzas using the mobile app so they will probably be happy when the project is finished 
we're going to affect programmers. So people, these, these people who we're going to hire, they will make some money and, and they will probably grow as programmers. They will probably get some satisfaction by creating the app. This is the second you know, group of stakeholders. We're going to affect uh, our chef who is cooking pizzas now and tomorrow we're going to have more orders and, and that person will have to cook more pizzas. So there's going to be more work for that, for that person. I don't know if it's going to affect him positively or negatively, but it's going to affect him as well. Uh, there are also other pizza stores in the town and in the same street probably. So by, by the time we launch our application, that pizza stores will not going to be happy. So they will probably try to stop the project. They will probably try to, uh, you know, to prevent us from succeeding the project. So they are kind of, you know, they're, they're competitors. And there are many other stakeholders in any project. And uh, they could be like in our, in our example, they can be positive and they can be negative. So positive stakeholders are people or organizations who really, who really want to see our project uh, completed and, 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 well, completed, just completed. And negative stakeholders, they don't want the project to be completed. They want to, the project to stop as soon as possible. And, and I'm not saying that they are, you know, they're bad people and good people, bad organization or good organizations. It's just the situation, it's just the environment around the project. So no matter what you do, no matter how, you know, interesting and great is your project, no matter how bright are the goals of the project, no matter what problems you solve, you're still going to have negative stakeholders. You're going to have positive, you're going to have negative. So there will be, will be, you know, forces trying to stop your project and trying to, to help you. So these are the stakeholders. That's the second thing which I want to say. And uh, there's project management. The project management is the discipline which I believe it, it has an, it's a discipline uh, which contains a lot of instruments, a lot of tools which help us to predict what's going to happen in the future. So by using all the project management tools and all the instruments we have in the world, we can put these stakeholders together. We can put the resources we have, money, time, well, basically money and time, well, people, money and time. We can put these things together and put the stakeholders on top of that with their, with, with their needs and objectives. And using the project management tools, we can, we can more or less accurately predict what's going to happen. Are we going to finish the project? Are we going to complete it in time? Are we going to take, what, you know, what, what are the chances to complete it in time, et cetera, et cetera. So using all the possible instruments, we can predict the future. Without project management, we still can, we still can uh, you know, develop this mobile app. We, can, we still can complete that. But it's going to be more like you know, we're, going to be, we're going to be guessing about the future. We're not going to know what's going to happen. And if we're lucky enough, if we are self-organized and, and, and we will be able to self-coordinate ourselves and all our negative stakeholders will somehow forget about us and they will not interfere and they will not try to stop us, then probably we will complete successfully. But in most cases, it's not going to happen. That's why we need project management. We need to know what, are the, what is the future. And looking at this information, looking at this you know, data the project management will provide us, we will be able to correct ourselves and, uh, and then prevent mistakes from happening. So project management is the instrument of predicting the future for us 
helping us to make certain decisions faster before it's too late. And now the question is, who is the project manager? So the project manager is the person who, as far as I understand it, is the person who is supposed to, to put all these things together, stakeholders, resources, everything, and, and let them go forward. Uh, let them, you know, let them spend the time, spend their money, spend their, uh, you know, do the work they want to do. And the project manager is supposed to look at the situation, observe it, collect the information it's possible to collect using project management tools and deliver that information to stakeholders, to the most interested stakeholders. In most cases, there are positive stakeholders who will be interested to, uh, to work with the project manager. And in most cases, it's going to be the project sponsor. So the project sponsor is the person who is paying for the project. In our case, it's the restaurant who, who's ordering this mobile app, who wants this you know, project to, to, to succeed. And the owner of the, of the restaurant will hire a project manager and will ask that person to, to look at what's going on, to look at the programmers, to take into account these negative stakeholders, to take into account all the technical risks, organizational risks, you know, I don't know, political risks, whatever, all possible risks around, and uh, estimate estimate the future, estimate the, the, the success rate of, this, of all this, and deliver this information to me. So if I'm the owner of the restaurant, I want the project manager to tell me, preferably every morning or whatever, to inform me about what's going on, what's going to be the future, and how, how soon this project will be completed. And what is the chance of it to, to, to be successful for me. So the success is very, you know, it's very a uh, subjective thing, as you understand already, because for me, success for me means a failure for, uh, for, for negative stakeholders. So if my mobile app is successful, it means that it's really a failure for the, for the next restaurant next door to me, because for them, they probably gonna lose customers because I will get more customers. So my success means their failure. And it's kind of the same for many other different stakeholders. It's always worked like that. So we can't say that the project is a success for everybody. The project is, we need to look at different stakeholders and always understand that for, for, for different parties, uh, it's different success and failure rates. They, they mean different things. So the project manager should, should observe things and deliver that information to the stakeholder, to the main stakeholder, uh, to probably the project sponsor, uh, deliver the information about the scope, about uh, the, the cost, about quality, about risks, um, about uh, cost, quality, risks, time, uh, and, and, and scope. So these are basically five things which uh, the project sponsor needs to know. So this is what the project manager is paid for. And it's not the job of a manager, of a project manager, I think so. It's not the job of a project manager to uh, to to push programmers or I don't know designers or or anybody in the project to push forward, the project manager has to look at what uh, what this uh, they just the project manager has to give these participants of a project all the stakeholders technical people give them the ability to uh, to move forward by themselves. They are well we'll discuss it a bit later, but they will be. Uh, by definition, by default, motivated enough to 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 deliver what they're paid for. So they will be they they're supposed to be motivated enough uh, 
to complete the project and then make sure it's 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 succeeded it's successful for them so for for a programmer in the project success should mean uh, the project is finished for a designer the success should also mean that the project is completed and and, and uh, completed with the good result i mean the, the the mobile app works so the objectives the goals of uh of key stakeholders including the sponsor including the developer programmer including designer including the technical people i don't know devops people their objectives have to be have to give, have to to be aligned and they all need to be interested in the same thing so uh getting i'm getting to the to the question which is not actually covered in the blog post but uh, it's kind of logical question. So if the, the project manager only observe, observes things uh, and just looks at their reality uh, and delivers the information back to the sponsor, then probably, most probably, uh, the, the team, uh, let's say the team will not perform and the team will not be, um, I don't know, not be successful or they will, I don't know, they will be lazy for some reasons or whatever. So. The, the project manager will just come back to the sponsor and say that you know we're going to complete it in two years because of you know the, the, like the reality because the situation and, and the team is not good so we're just too lazy so just accept the fact that the project will be completed in two years uh, in this case it may happen because everything i said before looks like the project manager just just observes things and looks in the reality and and calculates all these parameters of of the project and say that okay we know the scope this is the amount of work we're going to do we know the quality we expect it has to be high quality application with all these you know quality parameters and we know the cost we know that we have i don't know twenty thousand dollars and then i put it all together and you know i managed to find only one programmer and he's busy doing something else so he's gonna you know spend like two hours a week for our project so it's gonna take about two years this is the information for you and you know I, I give you the reality this is this is the this is what i observed so the in this case in this case the question would be what can we do in the what can we do with this situation because it's not a normal situation it's not what the project sponsor wants so observing is just one side of a coin for for a project manager the second thing which a project manager is supposed to do is to make sure that they're that they're that the conflicts between all the stakeholders are properly resolved. So when you when the situation happens, it means that we have uh, we have stakeholders which are not uh, which which are not happy with this situation, and we need to find a way to resolve that problems to make sure that they are that their goals and their their needs are uh, that there are no conflicts between them. So in, in this case, if we don't have enough programmers or if we don't have enough time, we don't have enough, uh, you know, we don't have enough motivation from programmers, then it means that uh, something is wrong with these needs and objectives. They need to be resolved and we need to, you know, we need to find a way to reschedule probably the project. We need to find a way maybe to give them uh, a different payment structure for, 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 the, for the programmer. Maybe we need to find, we means the project manager. Maybe the project manager needs to find um, uh, some tools or instruments for better planning of, of the project. 
maybe the project manager needs to uh, you know to rebuild the schedule and invite more people into the project so something has to be done in order to make sure that uh, all interests of all stakeholders are aligned together so there are no conflicts and in order to solve that the project manager has to use instruments and tools which which are you know which are project management instruments and tools like planning you know risk analysis um i don't know uh critical chain pass or um uh i don't know there are many many instruments for um for working with the scope working with schedule working with uh, with money uh, with plans so the project manager has to do all that in order to help stakeholders to get uh, to 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 align their interests to get rid of conflicts and what's important is that the project manager should not change their interests the project manager should not come back to the team and start to push the team and say uh, and, and tell programmers that uh, I just talked to the sponsor to the sponsor of the project and and that person is not happy or that company is not happy with this reality with you guys. So you just work, you just work here for two hours a week. It's not acceptable by, uh, by, by, by the person who is paying for that. So you have to do something about it. You have to, you have to work more because we want that. So I'm going to stay next to you. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ask you to do overtimes. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do something in order to, um, to enforce you to dedicate more time to the project. That will be completely wrong. The project manager should not do that. The project manager should not be a leader because that's what the leader does, you know, traditionally. If we are, you know, if, if we are, uh, I don't know, in the army and, and there's a small unit, a few soldiers, and there's a leader who is basically pushing this unit forward and the leader says, we, we have to do it. We have to go, we have to go and, and I don't know, do something uh, and just follow me, just follow my orders. And, and because I'm a leader, I'm, I'm leading you and I'm not asking what your interests are. I just, you just need to follow me because I'm your leader. In project management, it has to be different. In project management, the project manager should not be a leader. It should not lead anybody forward. The project manager should listen to, should understand the objectives of all stakeholders and then find, find mechanisms and methods which will help these stakeholders uh, to, to, you know, to resolve conflicts between their interests. But, uh, uh, I would say that the project manager always stays behind while stakeholders like programmers, like sponsor of the project, like, um, you know, the Apple store, like the designers, like technical people, all the stakeholders, they are primary figures in the project. And the PM, the project manager, stays behind them and helps them not leads them, not, not, not goes forward and they all lead him. No, not, not this way. But the project manager is always behind helping these people to resolve conflicts between their objectives, to give them tools and instruments, to give them some structure, to give them some, you know, some, some rules, to help them build the rules, to help them build the plans according to which they will progress forward. So that's my main, uh, main idea, that the leadership is something which ruins the project. So if a project manager is a good leader, it's really bad for the project. So if the PM you know, has a lot of charisma, has a lot of personal influence on the people who, is, who, are, who are being managed by the PM, 
then it's really bad for the project because that that kind of guy or or whatever uh, that person is will only will uh, will spend less time and less effort on organizing work and thinking about objectives of these pe of these people uh, and will spend more time on uh, on trying to change their objectives on trying to change their needs so you wanted to spend more time with your family you're the developer you wanted to spend time i don't know more doing snowboarding and now there's the project so i'm gonna say you know what we need you need to spend less time on snowboarding because the project is so important if i have a lot of charisma if i have a lot of power over that guy who's trying to do snowboarding then uh, he will probably stop doing that and he will come to the project he will work in the project so i will i will you know i will change his objectives a little bit his his personal needs his personal um interests but it's going to be only short term and eventually eventually we will they will get back we, that person will get back will 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 not be uh that person will be that that situation will become less manageable the situation will be less manageable and and people all the stakeholders in the projects they will not uh they will not share honestly their real interests with the project manager with the project with every with with, with each other they will just be there for quite a short period of time under the influence of a charismatic leader eventually quite soon it will fall apart and the project will not be successful for none of them because there will be lack of structure lack of discipline lack of uh lack of uh understanding of real interests of these participants of these stakeholders so the real project manager resolve conflicts never trying to change the needs and interests of negative and positive stakeholders project manager understands what it's about measures the situation collects the metrics observes what's going on and then puts it, all this information into some management system into documents delivers this information to interested parties to interested stakeholders and if there are conflicts then the project manager gets back to the system to the to the structure to the to the to the formal um, um, foundation built there for for managing this situation and improves it if our plans are not good enough we fix it if if somebody is not motivated enough we fix the the plan of motivation of these programmers but we always understand what's going on instead of changing the situation so the project manager is not about changing things it's about understanding how things are you know how real life is and putting things together and trying to resolve conflicts by giving them uh by by changing the project not changing uh stakeholders around it that's what i think that's what i wanted to that's what i wanted to say so now i have some questions let me try to answer them uh, uh, uh there's a question which position do i prefer the architect or project manager i think that i personally would say that i like the position of a of an architect so uh, i think that project manager the good project gets actually a good question i think that the good project manager is a person who is spending most of the time 90% of time working with documents, working with numbers, working with, uh, you know, uh, thinking about structure and, and doing the work which is quite routine. 
So it's not really as creative, probably, as I just explained before, because it's a lot of information coming in, a lot of data coming into the project manager, and the project manager has to project manager has to process that and make sure that nothing is you know missed. So it's quite routine work. The work of an architect is way more creative because the architect works with ideas, works with you know the soft soft the source code. It creates stuff. The project manager is the person who is always behind. So a good project manager is not the person who is visible. So a good project manager is a really professional project manager is the person who you may not even know working for months in the project. So if the project manager stands in, in, in the middle of the, of the office and, and talking to everybody every day, it's really a bad project manager. It's an amateur project manager who doesn't know what, uh, what he or she is doing. A good project manager is invisible. Nobody knows what, what, what that person is doing. But things are changing. I mean, things are moving forward, and we just have a good structure. We just have a good foundation of documents, rules, processes. Everything is organized for us. We are moving forward. The project manager is just a, you know, he's just a, like the like a like somebody who is cleaning the office. We don't know who is cleaning our office. It's just clean. We just come back in the morning, and the office is clean. We don't know who did that. We don't really care. The same for the project manager. We just come in, we open the, uh, the, the management software, and we just see the, the tasks and, uh, and the plans, and we know how much we're going to get. We know, we, we know how to get back our, our objectives. So if I, for example, want to go on vacation, then I know where to put that information. I don't want to talk to any project manager. I just, know, I just know how to express my objectives, my needs, my problems, my concerns, and it's gonna, it will just happen. I put it somewhere, and the system will somehow process this information, and it will be easy for me to continue to, to stay in that project. The project manager should not be a bottleneck. It should be somebody behind us. Um, what are the project management responsibilities? The next question. Uh, I think that responsibility, the main responsibility, is to inform everybody about the situation. This is the most important responsibility, to inform everybody about what's going on and when we're going to finish. So this is the information which in most situations, in 99% in, in of projects which fail, that is the reason of failure. People just don't know in time that we are in trouble. So that information, we always miss that information and that's why we fail. So the project manager should inform everybody, well, maybe not everybody, but at least the person who is paying money, that the chances of failure is 55% or 57 or 60 or 65 and the rate is growing because this, this and that. If that information is delivered in time, that will be, that will be a perfect situation for that, for that money person to do something, to change something, to say that we, we, I don't know, let's change something. It's not really important what will be changed, but that information, which is usually missing, uh, is really vital and important and critical. So the responsibility, the number one responsibility of a project management or project manager is to deliver the prediction to the interested to the interest, interested stakeholder. That's what I think the responsibility is. Number one. Uh, yeah, there is a comment said project oracle. So that's kind of true. Yeah. So that the project manager is a kind of person who predicts the future. That's why we can call him him or her uh, an oracle. That's right. Uh, should project manager, the next question, should project manager deliver project information to owner in person or just prepare some, some JIRA views where the owner can get all the needed information? Well, I think that the good project manager definitely will find a way to make sure that the information is delivered automatically. 
So these, these in-person talks and discussions, that's really not productive. So it's way better for me, let's say I'm, the owner, I'm, a, I'm an owner and I'm paying money. So I don't want to talk to the project manager every day or every, I don't know, I don't want that, that, that conversations. All I need is some kind of structured information, structured data in front of me every, every day, every morning. That will be enough. Because in this case, I can, I can, I can fund more projects. I can work in more, pro, in more uh, companies, in more, you know, I can work with more ideas. And everywhere, these project managers will just do their job and deliver me the information in some spreadsheets or whatever. All I need, basically, is to know what this is the key information, I think, for me. It's, it, the, the, the full summary of a project can be, can be put together in just a, a few numbers. It's uh, what's going to be the, the total budget uh, plus minus certain percentage. Uh, what's going to be the total duration plus minus certain percentage. What's, um, what's going to be the duration, the cost, and, and that's it. So basically, two numbers. So what's going to be the duration and what's going to be the cost. For, for these two numbers, I need to know uh, the, the accuracy. So I need to know how accurate these numbers are. So if the project manager brings me the data and says, we're going to finish in three months plus two months minus you know, two weeks. So my next question will be, how did you get that numbers? I mean, how did you get this plus two months minus two weeks? So where did you get it from? And there has to be a risk analysis. So if the risk analysis is there attached to these numbers and the risk analysis says that we have uh, 75 risks, five of them are top risks, the primary risks, and the rest is residual, so the rest is not important. So these five risks are the most important and because of them, we have such a big, uh, such a big potential uh, inaccuracy, potential, you know, uh, over, uh, potential uh, extra time, which may, which may stay in, in the schedule. So using this information, I will be able to look at these risks as an as a owner and say, uh, how can I help? So maybe I can give more money to get rid of the risk number three. And maybe I can, you know, I can bring more experts to get rid of this risk number four, something like that. So I will know that this is what's, this is, this is, these are the troubles. So the good project manager collects these two numbers about the schedule and the cost plus the risk analysis. Uh, uh, the next question, does it mean that the project manager shouldn't care of product development process and it's some other responsibility like an architect or a team lead? That's a good question. I think that the project manager should not know anything about what's going on technically in the project. So an ideal project manager doesn't really care about that. Doesn't really care about are we actually developing the software or we are building a house or we are, you know, um, we were organizing a, a trip to, um, I don't know, to the mountain. So the project manager, they're exactly the same instruments of project management, uh, which are applicable to whatever project you do. You do software development, you do building, or you're building houses, you, you, you apply exactly the same techniques. You apply risk analysis, you apply scheduling, you apply to budgeting. All these instruments are exactly the same. So a good project manager will never replace uh, technical people by his or her own expertise. So if I'm a good developer, if I'm a good architect, in most probably I'll be, I will be a bad project manager. Not because I don't know how to manage, but because I will try to become an expert, a technical expert. So I will listen to uh, these technical people and I will try to add my own opinion to them. 
So I will try to make some technical decisions because I, I know what they're talking about. So if I ask them, you know, how long, how, for example, if I ask them how much uh, that server will cost, and they will say, the architect will say, well, it's about $1,000 a month for a server. Well, if I know that the server costs $100 a month, I will say, hey, no, it's not really true. It's, it's $100 a month. And the real, the, 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 the logical reaction from the architect will be, how the hell do you know? Who, who are you? Like, why, you, why your opinion counts here? I'm the architect. I'm making this decision. If you don't trust me, then hire maybe another architect. Fire me. Or maybe, maybe find another expert who will validate my, my numbers. If you, if you don't think that I'm providing the right information, then find two more people and, and compare their numbers and they, then make a decision. But don't make a decision yourself. That's, that's what the architect will tell me. And he will be, she, will, he, she will be right. Because the project manager should not, you know, should not become a technical expert. That's, that's, really, typical. that's a really typical mistake what happens in, in software development. So the project manager should just get the numbers from these people. You know, if the numbers are not trustable, then we find somebody else and we compare numbers. But the project manager never becomes, uh, never becomes, uh, never becomes a stakeholder. There are enough stakeholders there. Well, the project manager also is a stakeholder, but uh, it, 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 the project manager has to try to stay away as much as possible from being an active stakeholder. It's really important to be kind of a side of a project, not inside. Kind of observe things from the outside. That's really more helpful than being inside and, and thinking about what's going on and trying to help. Don't try to help. If you do that, let them, let, them, let them develop by themselves. Let them go forward and observe them from the outside and see where the conflicts are and resolve that conflict. But don't become one of them because you will, be, you will just introduce extra conflict there. That's what I think. Um, yeah, there's a question. You mean a facilitator, not a leader? That's kind of what I mean. Yeah, the project manager should be, that's probably a good word, a facilitator, but not a leader. A leadership, it's something else. It's not about project management. Project management is about numbers, calculating, you know, drawing spreadsheets, putting numbers together, but not leading anyone anywhere. They should lead themselves. You may have a leader like an architect. The architect is kind of a leader. So the software architect is somebody who leads everybody for because he's a knowledgeable guy um, he knows more than everybody most probably he kind of everybody trusts that person and he makes technical decisions he's kind of a, one of the key stakeholders that project that the architect that's a leadership definitely technical leadership a project management is not about leadership at all unless we want to build the, the army unit and we want to complete our mission and just mission in just two, three days or maybe two, three hours. In that case, yes, we just throw away all the project management instruments and tools. We just forget about all this budgeting, planning, you know, building plan, building uh, uh, spreadsheets and, and, and drawing risk lists, risk lists and, and making risk analysis. We just forget about this, these things forever. And we just focus on, on, on forcing people to do what I say to just follow me because I, I say so. It may happen, this is called micromanagement, and it may happen sometimes, you may do that. If your server is down and you know, there are thousands of customers waiting, then yes, you just, you just grab the, uh, the wheel and you start to, uh, to control things. But it shouldn't happen if you're a good project manager and you shouldn't plan for that. It's, it, it's, it's a situation, it's a disaster management, it's not project management. And in this case, probably the, the, maybe the architect should do that, but not the project manager. 
So not leader, not, not leadership. Um, next question, shouldn't project manager be the owner's employee? Uh, well, I think most probably, yes, it's probably good to, uh, to maybe yes, maybe no, it doesn't really matter. So it doesn't matter who's the, who's, who's paying that person who's maybe it's a question of trust. I think you're questioning, you're asking that because the real question is, uh, you know, can we trust the project manager and who that person should report to? So yes, probably that person should stay as close as possible to the, to the main stakeholder with money because who's paying wants to know the truth. So that would be strange if I'm, for example, funding the project, I'm giving money, and the project manager actually is, you know, is not my employee, it's kind of some contractor, and I'm, you know, kind of, that could be a question of trust, could be. Shouldn't be, but could be. So I, I would say that the project manager should stay as close as possible to the money person. Uh, the question, next question, who should be charismatic in the team? Is any personal characteristics in project management at all? Um, well, I think, the pro I think it's a good question again. I think the project management is completely aside from personal characteristics. So the, the good project manager is like a good accountant. No emotions, no feelings, no leadership, just a person sitting in the office. Nobody sees that guy. He's just managing, managing, managing. And we don't care who is, who is this person. The project just works. That, that will be the ideal project manager. Uh, the charismatic, like I said, I think the architect is the most charismatic person because the, that person has to be charismatic because the, the, it's because of the technical, you know, we, we, we should trust uh, the, the architect in order to be interested to stay in the project. If I don't respect the architect, technically, I'm not going to work there because it's no fun for me. If I see that the architect is not knowledgeable enough, is not strong enough, is not willing to take risks, is not willing to take responsibility, then it's going to be boring for me to work in such a team because I will feel that you know I know I know more than that person. I'm you know I'm more um, I'm more um, more professional, so. It's not gonna be fun to work in a team where I don't respect the architect. So the architect is the main person who I want to work with. When I join the team, my main question is who's the main technical guy here? And if the question is, and if the answer is we don't know, we're all together, uh, that's kind of, you know, the team sucks and I don't wanna join it. So if I join the team and everybody says like, that's the guy, this is the person who created that system. He's the father of this system. He knows everything. We, we love to, to work with him. You should meet him first. That's a, that's a good team. That's kind of a good sign for me that the team is actually, you know, has a leadership, technical leadership. But if everybody points the finger and says, he's the project manager, look at this guy. He's the project manager. He tells us what to do. He organizes, you know, morning stand-ups. He organizes all the meetings. He tells us what tasks we're going to do today and tomorrow. And then I understand that the team is in trouble because instead of the technical leadership, the team has uh, the management leadership which means that it's a, it's a micromanagement situation. The team has to be, you know, has to manage, has to be managed by rules, not by people. Um, the next question, uh, let me find it. Yeah, another, the same question, who should be the leader? I just answered the architect. Um, Next question, you said that work of a project manager is quite routine. Is it possible to automate it? Uh, that's a good question. The answer is yes, it's possible. And uh, 
Um, yes, it's, it is definitely possible. There are a lot of software for that, and we can even go further, and, and, and we are trying to do it right now. So it's kind of self-promotion, but uh, we are working, I'm working on, uh, on a product uh, which will be on the market in two months, and it will solve exactly the problem we're talking right now about. So just stay tuned and uh, you know stay in touch, and I'll inform you in about two months about it. It's going to be quite interesting product, interesting product, which will which will exactly solve this exactly problem I'm, I'm explaining right now. So it will it will help the project manager to become less leader and more um, and more and more a management you know person. Um, next question. Uh, in my company, project managers really struggle to estimate the length of a project. What is your number one tip for a PM to accurately estimate uh, delivery time, if it's possible? Well, it's, uh, it's a big question because uh, I will definitely recommend these people to, uh, to read PMBOK, Project Management Body of Knowledge. It's, a, it's like a fundamental book not even a book, it's a manual or, you know, guidance for project managers, which lists all known and effective instruments of, uh, of planning, of scheduling, of estimating time. And uh, they should just use the most important of them. But I think if you want one answer, if you want a quick answer, if you don't want to go through all these books and read it all together, I think that... Um, I think that the most, like the easiest way is to, well, to ask programmers, to ask these technical people who deliver, you know, who work on that, they know better. So they will give you some numbers. Somehow, find, you know, Google for it and you will find like some simple, simple instruments for estimating. So they will give you some numbers, you put these all numbers together, you put them into some spreadsheet, you calculate and you will see, okay, according to their estimate, it's gonna be four months. And this is number one. This is step number one. You put this aside and then you do risk analysis. I think that risk analysis is way more important than everything else in the project. Risk analysis is simple. You just create a spreadsheet and ask everybody, all your programmers, all the stakeholders, what they think may go wrong in the project. And you put this, you know, risks into the spreadsheet one by one. You just number them and uh, everything which may go wrong. We may lose the server, we may lose the key programmer, we may lose, uh, the technology may not work, we may lose funding, we may, uh, the competitors may come on the market before we get there, we may, uh, I don't know, there, there, there will be a lot of risks. Just talk to your programmers, just talk to, you know, to people around, you will see that you will easily build a spreadsheet of I don't know, 50 risks, not, maybe not 50, not, you will not do it in an hour, but if you work for a day, you will have to get a spreadsheet with 50 lines. And then you prioritize them. You just, you just put, you know, you sort the, the spreadsheet of who's, which, which risk is the most important, which one, is, which one is at the bottom. And then you look at the top risks, and then you put some numbers on them. You estimate them. You say, if that happens, how much time we're going to spend? If we lose the server, how much time it will take us to get back and, you know, get a new server? If we lose... Uh, this key programmer or these a few people, the architect is gone. So how much time and money we will spend to get a new person? So you put this, you, you basically, it's called, you, you uh, quantify your risks. So you, 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 you put some, you, you put numbers on them and, uh, and then you summarize them all. 
just in a primitive way. Okay, again, you can Google for risk analysis and do it the right way, but in a primitive way, you just summarize them and see what is your total risk, you know, weight of your project. So what's the potential risk you may have? Like how much time and how much money you will have to spend if all of this risk of all of these things will happen. And uh, uh, so this is called this quantify. And you also qualify your risk. So for each for each risk, you put some, you know, some uh, uh, formally you put probability and impact. So you put two numbers, the probability of what's going to like, what's the probability of the risk to happen? And then the number, what's the impact? So what, how, how seriously it will affect us. And you multiply them. So you get some, some core, like, like some, um, you know, some, some numbers for each risk. You multiply them all together. So in the end, you will get one number, which will say that your risk, uh, uh, your risk, uh, uh, what is called? Don't remember. So, so you will get some 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 number which will say two months. So this is approximately what you should add to your schedule, which was four months according to the analysis of your programmers. But your risk analysis will give you another two months because all these numbers multiplied, multiplied, and summarized. So you will get another two months. So that's going to be a real, more or less accurate estimate. Six months for your programmers give you, and then two months you get from risk analysis. So that's what I think will be really helpful to estimate what's going on. Uh, again, I really seriously recommend seriously recommend to read about risk analysis in project management. Uh, and another question: Should the project manager be an expert in project domain area? Like I said, no. It's really it's really bad to have a project manager who knows what we're actually working with. Uh, yeah, and the same question, do you think a project manager of a software project can be non-technical and still be good project manager? I think that the project manager should be non-technical and that will, that will make sure that that, that person is, is a good project manager. So the best project manager is like that, that person who doesn't know anything about this, you know, programming, coding, servers, whatever, and doesn't want to know that. The, that person, he or she, wants just to stay focused on, on plans, on schedule, on risk analysis. And look at this, you know, this risk list, for example. When you build the risk list, a good project manager will say, I don't know what risks are. I'm going to go and talk to my team. I'm going to ask them, what do you guys think may go wrong? Give me that information. And the information will get, you know, get back to the project manager, and, and he will put this data into the risk, and the risk list, list risk reg, uh, register or risk list. But the bad project manager will say, hey, I know the risks. Let me, let me write it down. I don't, wanna, I don't need to talk to programmers. I know what may go wrong. The server, the, the, the version of Java will not be compatible. We may lose that kind of library. We may, all that stuff. If the project manager is technical, is, you know, technically saving. So the good project manager doesn't know that. He just always collects data from, uh, from the team. Um, I know some, another question. I know some girls switch from QA or whatever to PM. I'm a bit skeptical of their results. What do you think about such transitions? Well, I think it's a good transition. I think that these girls who don't really, who are not really programmers, who just switch from quality like QA or whatever, just some other area of, you know, for, of the company, or maybe they just come from outside. They never write any line of code. They don't want to. They just want to be project manager. That's, that's the, the, the best the best candidate for project managers if they learn about project management as a as a as a discipline 
So, but usually it's not happening. Usually they just come in and say, I'm a project manager because I am a very communicative person. I can talk to any programmer. I'm not shy. I'm not really, I have no problem talking to different people at the same time. I'm really, you know, I'm really effective and I'm full of energy. This is not what project management is about. So these people, these girls or boys, whatever, they just come in, they need to understand that their job is not to be in front of everybody, but to be behind everybody. They shouldn't stay in front of, in the middle of the office, giving commands and listening to everybody and making meetings. This is not what project manager is doing. The project manager is sitting behind us and looking at what's happening, collecting information and helping us by bringing back some rules, structures, uh, some software, to help us to develop without the management, without this project manager, but with the, with the management. So these, these people are good candidates, but in most cases they don't learn. They just think that it's a different discipline, that project management is about leadership, leadership. And they think they're good leaders, and they are, but it's not good for us, for projects. Um, another question, I think some companies expect the project manager to lead and to push everyone into meeting, into meeting the deadlines, no matter what. In the real world, if you were a project manager and you were seen not to be leading, you could be viewed as a poor PM. Yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, companies and sponsors, they expect project managers uh, to, well, first of all, they expect project managers, like I said, to give information back and to resolve conflicts between you know, between stakeholders. But project managers don't do that. And that's why the, the sponsors, they, they start, they don't know what to change because there are not so many good project managers on the market. They're just these people who are coming from QA or whatever, thinking that they're good leaders and that's why they're good project managers. So the sponsors they just don't have any choice but to tell these people, like, do whatever you want, but make sure that the project is done in three months. And that person doesn't know how to do that in the right way. So that's why the person comes back to the office and start yelling around and start, you know, giving orders and, and becomes a micromanager. That's what happens. And it's okay for both, for the, for the sponsor and for the manager, for this micromanager and for the team because they don't have, they don't know how else it could be. That's the only reality they know. So they never seen anything else. So that's why they kind of, yeah, that's, you know, it's kind of typical. It's like a best practice right now. So the best practice is like, we need a good leadership in the team. That's what's going to make the project successful. We don't need your bloody plans and all these rules and this risk analysis. No, we don't care. We need agile and a good leadership and everything will just happen. Because, you know, and this is considered best practice, even though we have this PM book for 16 years in the market, I don't know, like 12 years. It's quite for a long time. So all of these instruments and techniques and this PM ball, people don't use it. They just, you know, I, I met I met one uh, one person in the, in the conference two weeks ago, and uh, and she said, I'm a project manager. I'm a project manager. I'm a really good project manager. My, my sponsor is really, like, really glad that I'm, you know, they're really happy with me. And I said, like, do you do risk analysis? In, like, I just asked, like, for, you know, I was really interested. Like, you do risk analysis most probably. And she was like, what is this? And I said, like, yeah, but you don't know. Maybe, I don't know, do you, um, do you have communicate, like, you know, uh, staffing management plan in your project? Do, you, do people have that kind of document in front of them? Do you know how you manage their motivation? 
And she's like, no, no, we don't use that. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm there. They, they talk to me when they want to know what's going on. They, I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm in front of them. So she's not a project manager at all. She's just, just a monkey in the office who can scream louder than everybody else, who can, you know, handle the stress better. That's all. That's the qualities she's got. And she was not a project manager. I don't blame her because she never heard about PM Bok. That was my question number three. Like I said, I said, really, did you did you know that PM Bok exists? And she's like, what is that? I, I don't really, I'm not really sure. So she doesn't even know that that kind of you know fundamental uh, fu fundamental piece of knowledge exists in this in this world. So and I don't blame her again because because the customer is happy because the sponsor is not asking her to be a project manager. The sponsor is asking her to be a leader, which means be nobody. Just nobody being in charge, staying in charge, staying on top of these poor programmers who are being micromanaged. This is not what project management is about. Um, the next question, when you do, we have five more minutes. Uh, when you do project management, what is your position on meetings? As I know, you're not a believer in meetings and like to do things in ticket systems. Uh, yeah, definitely. So meetings is the instrument of, of a leader. It's not an instrument of a project manager. So a project manager doesn't need doesn't does not need meetings. There's no point of meetings because everything is well. Everything is in, in is in is in uh, uh, in plans. Everything is in ticketing system. Is in you know in risk list. So it's all there because for a project manager to to organize a meeting to manage people, it's kind of weird because it's a waste of time. It's it's really difficult to, uh, especially for programmers. It's really not productive to manage these introverts who are not really good in, in you know person-to-person -person communications usually we we prefer to work with source code not with the, you know somebody talking in front of me especially if that person is you know kind of louder than me and more aggressive it's difficult so i don't think that i think that meetings for project management is is completely like waste of time and and as well for for the architect for technical i'm also against technical meetings but for technical meetings, I kind of can understand sometimes maybe if the problem we're solving is really difficult and needs some creativity, which is which which happens really in rare situations, that maybe I can understand that meetings may help. Uh, but even though in that situations, I prefer to work with documents. And I still think I, I can repeat it and I that the that, that good architect knows how to work with documents. So the good architect is not the person who, is, who knows how to convince somebody uh, in a verbal communication, who knows how to explain something in a verbal communication. This is not what the architect is about. It's about you know, a public speaker, like I'm doing right now. So I'm, I'm explaining, I'm doing it verbally, I'm doing video webinars. Uh, it's, it's, I'm not acting like now, I'm like an, like an architect. An architect knows how to work with the document, knows how to explain it to many people, not to just people listening to me right now. So, uh, and the same for project managers. So the project manager needs to work with documents, not, not, not people. Again, it's not leadership. The leader definitely should need, the leader needs meeting because the leader convinces people, convinces people. The leader motivates them. The leader says, follow me because we do it right now. Like in the army, that would be strange if the commander would just, you know, write documents and people are like expecting some leadership because the, uh, there's an enemy in front of us. There's, you know, fire up there. So we need somebody to tell us like, hey, guys, stay together. Let's run. So we don't want documents at that point. We need leadership. We need somebody to say, I'm going to die first. 
just follow me then everybody will be like you know will give courage to everybody but the project management is not about courage uh, the next question just two more questions how to learn to become a good pm from what to start i would seriously seriously recommend pm book project management body of knowledge google it and it's quite difficult book so don't try to you know to read it first because it's really boring and difficult so you will you will need really a lot of motivation to read it so i would recommend you can go on my blog and find uh, the article called uh, my favorite books and the book number two is the one I highly recommend to read. This is the best book about project management I've ever seen in my life. It's really the best. It's, it's about PM Bok. It kind of covers the same subject, but it will completely change your, um, your mindset about what the management is. So the book will say exactly what I'm saying right now. It will just, it will, but you know, on way more pages, but they will be the same message. That the project management is not about leadership it's not about yelling in the office it's about writing documents thinking and planning just read the book that's the best i've that's the best i've seen uh, uh, one more please if possible next question please if possible give some information about team leader as well um, well the team leader i'm not really an expert here so i can say i know how to be a good leader uh, that's completely you know it's kind of out of scope of, of this discussion and I don't think we need these leaders in the industry now. I think we need too many of them. So I would say we need a manual which would be called how not to be a good leader, how not to be a leader, how to stop being a leader and becoming a project manager. So I, I think we are, we are having too many leaders and that's why we're having so many failures in projects. Because instead of thinking we're leading, and and that's that's kind of a problem uh, uh, one more you're saying that technical involvement of project management is not required uh, but you're you have classic career being developer first then architect uh, the question did you experience any difficulties in transition from developer architect to pm in this knowledge something pm doesn't need it doesn't help uh, well it's uh, <clears throat> I don't think it's a good idea to try to try to, to, to do the transition from the architect to PM. I think that the P that the, the architect is a way more uh, it's a way more creative position and way more interesting and um, um, less routine and less boring. So I would not recommend that transition. So if you are a technical, so stay technical, be the developer, be the architect and go in that direction the architect the vp of engineering the cto maybe the founder of your own company the technical founder so that career is way more interesting than the career of a project manager because i think that in project management there should be more and more tools more and more uh software instead of people involvement so we need more computers there and less people while in technical uh career we need more and more talented people we need better architects and so I would not recommend to transfer from one uh, career path to another one, to project management. The last question we're finishing. So what kind of information should project manager bring to a team from owners? So in backward direction. Um, the project manager, it's a good question. So the project manager should make sure that the flow of information is seamless. 
so all stakeholders can exchange information in different in different directions so the owner of the project the, the founder the i mean the the, the money person uh, should be able to deliver as much information as possible to the team and the team should be able to get back as much information as possible as well and to organize this channel this flow of information flow of data this is the responsibility of a project manager so i would say that as much information as possible but in a structured way so forget meetings we shouldn't organize meetings where people just exchange information we need to structure that we need to structure the flow of information that the the the, the, the sponsor of the project delivers the, the the information to the team in a structured way so that everybody can see it later can understand what was the so it, there there should be structure tickets or you know some documents diagrams whatever but there should not be should be no barriers between the team and the sponsor they need to stay together and work together and understand together and know objectives and problems and risks and concerns of each other ideally this is the final note so maybe that will sound really strange but this is the final note so in an ideal team in an ideal management you know in an ideal situation where the project manager is really good and the team is really uh, you know being properly managed the risk list the list of all problems which may happen should be visible to everybody this is unachievable i i tried that in many teams i tried it in a number of companies and always the reaction is no 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 don't show that that risk list to the sponsor don't show it to the team just don't show it to anybody just hide it so try it in your team if you build that risk list and you will see is it possible in your situation to disclose that to the sponsor to the programmer to the manager to the hr to i don't know to devops to designers to programmers to everybody so that everybody will see that if the server falls down or if the we lose the architect if that person who's sitting at this desk is going to find another job then this is the amount of trouble we're going to have in our project and that information is public if you can do that if the project manager can achieve that that kind of transparency that's a perfectly managed project i think this is like the final the final step if we achieve that then everything is under control and we are really moving forward together so that's it thank you very much it's an hour it's already an hour so see you next month the first uh, the first wednesday of a month uh, 11 in the morning pacific time thanks for watching you can read my article on the blog it's again about the same you can find it by who is a project manager that's the title thanks again see you next time bye bye